Good morning. It's May 15th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book of the same name. Today's topic, drowning. Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Psalm 42, 5, 11, 43, 5. When you sail a boat on the open water, especially a big boat, it's important that you frequently review your man overboard drill. Whether on the 35-foot Raise Me Up on Lake Texoma or the 25-foot Adagio on the coast of Maine, we go over the steps almost every time we go out. You begin with a life preserver, of course, and if not always worn, it must at least be readily accessible, and everyone aboard needs to know where theirs is stored. In a tiny boat, the risk is capsizing, and the only safety precaution is your life preserver. In a larger boat, the risk is falling or being knocked overboard, and the safety precautions include a set series of actions. First, one person yells out, Man overboard, so that all eyes turn aft to keep the victim in sight at the same instant, throwing a flotation ring or cushion overboard. On the open ocean, this should include a life ring with attached whistle, eight-foot pole, strobe light, and orange flag. Now, the next steps are critical. If equipped with an inboard engine, you turn it on. Release the sheets rather than dropping sails and come about, reversing course as quickly as possible. If the person at the helm is an accomplished sailor and there is no engine, they come about immediately under sail in order to retrace their course as nearly as possible. Whether one tacks or jibes in order to keep eyes on the swimmer depends on wind, waves, and heading at the time. Recovery is easier if you come from windward, unless high seas may drive you over the swimmer. It's a judgment call. The sailboat must then stop, using one of several methods, but most often heave too. Actual recovery technique depends on consciousness, strength, injury, and fatigue of the victim, as well as available lines, winches, or ladders. In short, it's more complicated than you might think. My wife and I have gone over this multiple times. She gets almost every step correct, and in the correct order, and virtually every time. She only forgets one thing. She never remembers the first step is to throw me a life ring. Yes, I know there's a marriage joke in there somewhere. But the fear of literal drowning or of a loved one drowning, is a very real, very intense gut reaction. Fear generated not by a valid physical danger, but by an altered emotional psychological state, is just as intense and gut-wrenching as fear of physical danger. This fear, of course, can generate exactly the same physical response, fight or flight, and exactly the same autonomic response, with sweating, tremulousness, heart racing, shortness of breath, nausea, and even chest pain. This anxiety or panic attack can be an accompaniment of a longer-standing depression or seemingly come out of the blue with an as-yet-unidentified trigger and underlying cause. A person close to me described her panic attacks as feeling as though her life force was being drawn out of her and right through her feet. In short, you can feel like you are drowning. Professional counseling is and should be the mainstay of approaching depression and anxiety. But Christians do have an advantage that others may not. Our faith in Christ can lead us to a renewing of the mind, as the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12. 
When we have offered our whole selves to God in response to his grace through Christ, the experience of his mercies in our lives can lead us to think differently about everything. Paul urges us not to be conformed to what the world does and thinks is important, not to act as others do, but instead to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Our minds control our thoughts, feelings, attitudes, and actions. Our lives, then, in all respects, through the influence of the Word, the Spirit, and fellowship with other believers, can and do become more Christ-like. For the Christian, there will be an intimate interplay between professional counseling and spiritual guidance as they climb out of the depths of depression. The timelines will differ for everyone. While simple platitudes or Bible verses tossed out to the one drowning in desperation or anxiety will be inadequate and often even rejected, meditating on certain scriptural passages can be a true solace for the Christian who feels that desperation one would feel with the water closing in over your head. The Psalms contain 150 songs and prayers collected over hundreds of years, many of which can remind the one hurting of God's inconceivable love for them and of their inestimable value in their Creator's eyes. Being sensitive to the timing, the appropriate psalm might be the life ring to which the desperate, hurting believer can cling. When in fear, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 27, 1, 14. When discouraged, why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Psalm 42, 5, 11, and 43, 5. When grieving, I am weary with moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eye grows weak because of all my foes. The Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. Psalm 6, 6 through 9. When overwhelmed, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46, 1 through 3 and 10. When terrified, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can mere flesh do to me? Psalm 56, 2 through 4. Verses suggested by Mitch Maddox from BibleStudyTools.com. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you, but in our fear and insecurity and anxiety, we sometimes forget how much you love us. Help us to keep focused on your Son, so that we are not conformed to this world, with all it contains that would draw us away from you. Once we've accepted the gift of our salvation, let your Spirit strengthen us in the face of any trial that brings us down or makes us anxious, in the knowledge that absolutely nothing in this world can separate us from your love and eternal protection. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.